Hey, it's Charlie, and you're listening to the Encouragers United Podcast. Have you ever realized that your expectations for something may dictate how you evaluate it? Of course. If you had such high expectations for something, and then when the event or the person didn't meet your expectations, you were very disappointed. And that's kind of what we've all experienced here in the year 2020. The following is a rebroadcast of a sermon I was able to deliver back in December of 2019. It's themed around the advent of Christmas. And so I thought it was very appropriate for me to share this with you in this way, because little did I realize that we would be facing uh, lost expectations and failed expectations in the year of 2020. But the core of the message is really about boiling down and stripping down our expectations of what Christmas should be or what our lives should be, what our relationship should be, to strip down our expectation of what God should be and to really take in the true meaning of Christmas, a savior, Emmanuel, God with us, born and laid in a manger. I hope you enjoy this message and it can give you encouragement today on the Encouragers United podcast. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. Christmas and Advent is a time of expectation, expectations. But I have a feeling that we are in the room today and some of us have rewritten Christmas with our own expectations. A picture of what we think Christmas should be, of what it ought to be, what it could be, what we long for, what it would be like if we were writing the story. Maybe it goes like this. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos. And there's a roast in the oven. And the tree is just so perfectly decorated. And the cookies have just the right amount of frosting and sprinkles on them. And the kids are all nestled in and they all get along so well. And there was no traffic, it was just smooth as silk. And all the families together, and everybody gets along just great. And all is well with the world, and we're warm, and we're safe, and we've got enough money. Political parties are getting along. (laughs) But I'm afraid that's not the reality that we live in, is it? We're picturing a quaint, quiet evening around a fire, around the fireplace. Just the right amount of garlic in the checks mix creating a calm joy to the world, sleep in heavenly peace Christmas. I hope you enjoyed it because that's about the all of it that you're going to get this year, right? Because the tension is building for many of us, has been building. This tension of the expectation of what we would want versus what the reality of it really is. This Christmas, you may be facing any number of trials and changes, pains and hurts, depressing, defeating, disheartening, And the expectation only makes it worse. Hope deferred makes my heart sick because you know that it isn't going to happen that way. Some of you are not feeling feeling at all the thrill of hope. You may feel as if you've lost hope altogether. And you're on the outside of this magnificent time, wonderful time of the year. But I'm here to stand in front of us this morning and remind us that we are in great company. We're not alone. 
because you realize the very first Christmas didn't go much like any of us would plan it either, right? Mary is nine months pregnant. She is great with child. And those of us who have children know exactly what that time means. She's betrothed to a young man, a man of honor, but she's convinced her family and friends that the child conceived within her is actually from the Holy Spirit. Okay. And now, because of almighty Caesar Augustus, we have to travel to my betrothed's hometown, some 80 miles, to Bethlehem. And when we arrive, there is no place for us to stay. And so we borrow a stable. And one night, while we are alone, the baby and the water come. That is not at all like I predict that Mary and Joseph would have written the story. I want to remind us all of a passage of Scripture that maybe uh, Joseph and Mary knew of. You realize the the characters in these stories had for their reference, the most of our Bible, the Old Testament. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. It goes on to say that you'll be my people and you'll worship me, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And so Mary might be pondering all of this. We'll talk about that in a moment. And she's saying, Lord, this didn't go anything like what I would have planned, but I'm going to trust that it's going like you're planning because I'm going to trust that God has a plan for my life. And if you're here today and you're struggling with the expectation of what Christmas should be or what it could be, I'm here to tell you that was your concoction. You need to trust that God has a plan for you. And you might feel like you're on the outside of everyone celebrating this joyous and most wonderful time of the year, but you're not alone. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, and let's pick the story up in verse 8. Luke 2, verse 8. Shepherds outside, the, outside in the fields of Bethlehem. These folks were outsiders. Shepherds were sort of the downcast and the outcast of society in that time. They were not to be trusted. They were dirty, but they were in the region out in the field, keeping watch watch over their flock by night, as they did most every night. Verse 9, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were feared. They were filled with great fear. Of all the places and all the people and all the times that this wonder was to be revealed, the wonder is revealed to the outcasts. Some 700 years earlier, Isaiah had predicted that this would happen. Some 400 years ago, we see the close of the Old Testament and a silence from God until this very moment. An angel of the Lord appears to shepherds, simple people, out in the fields watching their flocks. Of all the places, of all the people, of all the times to reveal this wonder, it's revealed to shepherds. Let's dig into this message. They were, fear, they were filled with great fear in verse 9. And verse 10, the angel said to them, as many times angels do with their interactions with humans, their first words are, fear not. And just like you or me, the translation here for the shepherds, megaphobic. They were megaphobic. They were filled with great fear. The angel says, fear not, for behold, 
I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I bring you good news that will be for all people. I bring you, shepherd, the news that is for everyone. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who's Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. This will be the sign to you. She's lying in a manger. Shepherds know where mangers are. They probably knew every stable and barn and manger in Bethlehem. So they say to themselves, let's look at verse 12, verse 13, sorry. And suddenly there was an there with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. And the connotation here, the, the, the translation for heavenly host is not necessarily white flowing robes and harps and lyres. The heavenly host word here translated has a military context. So I don't want you to think about flowing angels in the sky with harps and lyres. Let's think of the military, the warriors of God marching in formation for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Of all the people, of all the places to reveal this wonder, it was to shepherds out in the fields outside Bethlehem. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a, a Savior who's Christ the Lord. And then they, they reveal their worship to God out in the field. Glory to God in the highest. We just sang it. Gloria in excelsis Deo. That's what that means. Glory to God in the highest ever in excess. And on earth, peace to those whom who he is pleased. The shepherds needed to realize that they are the recipients of this wonder. And they worshiped along with the angelic host because God was pleased with them. To be the recipients of this was a great honor. And so follow along in verse 15. When the angels went away from them, the shepherds said to one another, well, we've got nothing better to do. We might as well go and see if it's actually true. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying, that which was told to them concerning this child. You see, wonder was revealed, and worship was the result, and now witness was their response. And I'm certain that they continued their worship of this baby in a very tender, quiet moment to truly believe because of what they had seen and heard that this was truly the Messiah, the promised Savior, Christ the Lord. You know, I've had a tender moment with Jesus. Most of us have. I've had a tender moment with Jesus when he was on the cross. And I've had a very tender, intimate moment with Jesus when he was resurrected and standing outside an empty grave. But in studying and, and contemplating and pondering the shepherds this morning, I want to encourage you this Christmas season to have a special, intimate moment with the baby Jesus in a manger. I think we gloss over that sometimes. And I would challenge you to have that intimate moment sometime this Christmas season. Let me give you some takeaways here because they go and they tell everyone who will listen about what they've experienced. They know the wonder. They've worshiped the king. 
and now they witness to their experience. And people are amazed. The ESV says people wondered at what they, at what they said. And in verse 19, Mary treasured all of these things and pondered them in her heart. She put the dots together. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. Kent, last week you did a marvelous job. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would someday rule in nations? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Mary, did you know? And you know what? I think she did. I think she did. But what I'll challenge you is that song wasn't written for Mary. It was written for you and I. Did we know? Did we realize in that intimate moment with the Savior in a manger that he would do all of those things? Although this time of year could be extremely busy, filled with planning, family trips, gatherings, food, presents, and as we learned Wednesday night at the kids program, the hustle bustle of Christmas. We must reserve time and take the bandwidth so that we don't miss the chance to wonder once again at our Savior born in a manger. We have an excellent opportunity this time of year to truly and deeply, authentically, and humbly come and worship our Savior simply, quietly, and humbly. It's not like other weeks of the year. Come as the shepherds did, honest, genuine, and humble. If you have truly experienced God writing himself into the story, then be a witness to that. You see, the shepherds' testimony was true, and it was undeniable because it was their testimony. And it wasn't a testimony of hellfire and brimstone looking down their noses and telling people they needed to come to Jesus or they're going to hell. It was simply their experience of the glory of God shining around them and going and finding the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and having that tender moment with Jesus because he came, Emmanuel, to be with us. Certainly he came to die for us. He came and was resurrected for us. We'll get to that in a couple months. But right now, brothers and sisters, let's contemplate and ponder along with Mary the essence of Christmas. Let me tell you about an author that I stumbled across in my, in my research. Dorothy Sayers was a British author from, she was born in 1893, died in 1957. She was an English crime writer and mystery writer living during the First and Second World Wars. She's best known for her mysteries, a series of novels and short stories set between the First and Second World Wars that feature an English aristocrat and amateur detective, Lord Peter Whimsey. And the books still remain popular even today. But one distinctive feature of her work is the introduction of a certain character named Harriet Vane. Harriet, like Dorothy, was the first female graduate of Oxford University. She happened to be a crime and mystery writer in the stories and even physically resembled the author in every way. Harriet Vane represented and radiated the essence of the author, Dorothy Sayers, in all of the stories you see, Dorothy Sayers had fallen in love with the world that she had created. And so she wrote herself into the stories. Let me remind you of one of the most powerful verses that we could ever measure and remember, memorize within ourselves. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God has written himself into the story. Has he written himself into your story? The babe in the manger, God with us, Emmanuel. And we are not too unlike the shepherds. Perhaps we need to trust that God does have a plan for our lives, even this Christmas. In all of the chaos, he's there. And he came for all men. He came into this world just like you and I did. We too can experience the wonder and the worship and the witness of Christ our King. And there may be three different types of people in the room right now, and I want to call you to response. Folks, these worship folks are going to sing a wonderful song for us. But you might be in one of three categories this morning. One is that you truly have resonated with the idea that a baby and that God himself has come into the world. The wonder of that story. Reconnect with the wonder of that story this Christmas season. Because it isn't a story that man could have made up. Amen? (laughs) We wouldn't have done it this way. We wouldn't have done it like this at all, Lord. But that isn't that like our Lord. And you need to connect with the wonder of Christmas again. Some of us are in a place where we understand all that and perhaps we've not responded properly in worship. And so I want you to worship this Christmas. We have a wonderful opportunity on Tuesday night to be here together, to have an intimate moment with Jesus, the baby in a manger, and to simply worship him because he came. Certainly he died, certainly he was resurrected, but he came. And we will focus Tuesday night on the mere wonder that he came, that he has written himself into the story. Some of us may be so compelled with the wonder and the worship that we need to tell someone. It's not laborious. It's not not hard to tell of this great wonder and this wonderful Lord when we've truly experienced him in our hearts. If you have a tension between your expectations of what Christmas should be and what it actually is. And I'll just simply end as they start to play with a wonderful quote from one of my favorite Christmas characters out of the mind of Charles Schultz. It was Linus who simply said, and that's what Christmas is really all about, Charlie Brown. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of the Encouragers United podcast. Before I sign off, I just want to encourage you to rate the podcast on the app that you might be listening and rate it and uh, give me a review. I'd love for you to share it with someone that you know that might appreciate my work. 
Another thing I want to tell you about is some great improvements that I've made to the new to the website charlesrgrimes.com. Uh, I want you to look for uh, the resources page. Uh, so that'd be charlesrgrimes.com backslash resources, where I've listed all of the episodes uh, from the podcast, all the interviews and all of the topics, all in one handy reference. Also have a reference for our Facebook Live series, 30 episodes of Tuesday Tea with Charlie G. And then finally, I have added a new feature where you can get involved in the Encouragers United podcast each week. I have a link there provided by the great folks at SpeakPipe, where you can leave me a voicemail message right on the email or right on the website. And I will take your questions, your comments, and I will integrate them into my show in future episodes. And so if you have a topic that you'd love to hear me talk about, or if you have a Bible question or a comment about a past episode, please feel free to go to charlesrgrimes.com, look for the voice message button and leave me your thoughts. Once again, I appreciate you and would encourage you to start where you are, take what you have and do what you can. Have a great day. I'm Charlie Grimes, ex-athletic coach and exercise physiologist, turned pastor, podcaster, and author. It wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the courage, the money, and the time to truly step into my God-given gifts to encourage, teach, and lead people to a deeper and more fulfilling life. After many failed attempts and lessons learned, I now enjoy the work of coming alongside people, hearing their stories, and helping them to start where they are, take what they have, and do what they can. This work used to only be a daydream for me. I created the Encouragers United podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step teaching through both meeting new people and unpacking and the valuable lessons found in the Bible. If you're an ambitious leader, teacher, pastor, coach, or parent who's looking to make a positive impact in the lives of those around you, you're in the right place. Let's get this thing started.